to Adolescence After Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. We are a podcast dedicated to retracing our youthful journeys through the Star Wars Expanded Universe, one book at a time, mm-hmm. seeing where we land. And this week, we are completing the Black Fleet Crisis trilogy by reading Tyrant's Test. Two questions off the bat. Awesome. <laughs> What's the Black Fleet? Who is the tyrant? Oh boy, these are <laughs> these are both a hundred percent honesty. I have no. <laughs> okay, okay, um, okay. So I'm pretty sure the tyrant uh-huh. is Nilspar. Okay, that, that he is testing is. Leia. That this is the tyrant's test. Not the test of the tyrant, but, like, the test administered. Not, like, here's your SATs. <laughs> not, like... Number two pencil. T- not, not like, your tyranny exam to see if you're ready to conquer <laughs> you're the ready galaxy. to be a tyrant. But, like, I am a tyrant, and I am administering a test to you. Okay. Of your okay. whatever. So I'm pretty sure that Nilspar is the tyrant. Is the tyrant. I do not know. What the Black Fleet is. Was those words, were those words used at all in the book? In any of the books? Okay, so there is... Sparingly, for sure. I mean, the word fleet certainly comes up. Certainly the word fleet, but like Black Fleet crisis. Even just Black Fleet. Uh, Well, there is a crisis afoot. Yes, a, f- a, foot, a fleet foot crisis. <laughs> There's a fleet, a fleet based crisis afoot. I don't really feel like the crisis is fleet based. Um, is it? Okay. There's many a fleet. Right, there's a lot of fleets. And I could not make heads or tails of which fleet was which, what they were doing. No. Okay. But I, th- I feel like, as, as to be fair, I finished this book four days ago. In terms of Star Wars expanding universe novels, that is decades, years. <laughs> <laughs> it is as if I read it when I was a teenager, and I'm now trying to. This think is about like it. no. This is like us trying to tell each other about like Christmas when we were 15. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's gonna be real bare bones. I think this is what happened because this is what happened every year. Yeah, like, that is just what it's gonna be. But. I think I think even that, if the title of this trilogy is The Black Fleet Crisis, yes. it's a failure of the author that neither of us <laughs> can tell you what the Black Fleet is. That is true. So, like, in the Jedi Academy trilogy, we I know, know what the Jedi Academy is. In the Thrawn trilogy, I knew who Thrawn was. Yes. In the Corellian trilogy, we were definitely like, a Corellia. Right? Like, maybe we didn't Got get it. every detail in Machination, but, like, we knew the thing in the title. Right. In the Han Solo trilogy, I mean, that's an easy one, but we <laughs> definitely knew that Han Solo was the main character. I mean, that was, that was a freebie, but still. <laughs> but like, we, had we knew. It. We had it. <laughs> Young Jedi Knight series, we knew about. It was about right, young, Jedi are the young Jedi Knights. We could Jedi name Knight. the Young Jedi Knights. I could give you all the Young Jedi Knights names. Yeah. 
I could give you basic personality traits. Yeah. Like, I got, I got no it. No problem. This book or this trilogy, I like. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> no. the first okay. thing to say, the most important first thing to say is like, right. Congratulations, mission accomplished. We did it. Right. Like we read, we did do it. We read yes. all three of these books, and for that, <laughs> we deserve recognition. Like, yeah. Well, because if if you listen to the first episode of this trilogy, there was a point at the end where we're like. I'm not sure. This is- <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. It was. It was really hard. It was really and hard. This. So yes, we we do deserve like a pat on the back because. Yes. <laughs> it's it, this is a tough one. I the other thing about this trilogy that is infuriating is that not they every book had a completely different style. For structure, I should say. Yes! What was going on with that? I don't know. Every book was a different format. Okay, and I guess... Which, like, isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but if I don't know what the title of your series means... No. Let's not fool around... Yeah, let's not with get artsy. basic narrative form. Let's not like, get artsy with structure if we haven't even connected title to <laughs> content. So, right. Like, I, we just need a little bit of, like, grounding. So, <laughs> so the way that – so the last book was sectioned by storyline because the stories had nothing whatsoever to do with one another – so right, there so was like Lando, Luke, Luke, and then Leia. And within those storylines, there was there were shifts in perspective. Yes, but you stayed in on one plot for that chunk of the book. Yeah, however loosely you wanted. The first plot. the Good first shit. book was typical Star Wars style cycle between yes. stories by chapter section chapter, and this one, oh boy, this is its whole a new thing where it flips between Leia's plotline and Luke's plotline and then when right. Lando's plotline shows up it is titled Interlude. Okay. We've already talked about this because I was so mad. <laughs> but like if you section a part of your book that's over 300 pages and boring as heck. Yeah. Interlude? I'm going to assume I don't need to read that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That is, you do I, not need to read it. Nope. I did not I did, read it. I did not read a single <laughs> interlude. I will say that, like, a good chunk of this book is interlude. There's four, three or four interludes. And they're hefty. They're three or four <laughs> lengthy interludes. And just the fact that you are calling it an interlude yeah. makes me think, in a Star Wars novel, right? Other not, like... Other novels aside, in a Star Wars novel, if it, this was another, an, if this was a different novel, if it was just like a straightforward narrative novel that wasn't Star Wars based, and there was a section called Interlude, I would assume that like that was going to come into play. There was going to be some kind of twist because I know what's coming right. with these or books, or that it would like give you some sort of useful like insight, extra information right. or insight, like. I mean, let's okay. This is a little bit <laughs> a little bit strong to come to, but like, we don't have much to say about the story of this movie. So let's break down no. this idea of the interlude. So like, sure. etymology wise, an interlude yes. is like between acts of right. like a play, so like a play. right, or an opera right. or whatever. That like, if you have a big 
a big set change or something that needs to happen behind right. the if curtain. If you're watching Sound of Music yes. on VHS. Yeah, there's an interlude. There's an interlude. I probably It's probably on the DVD too, but I had the VHS. It is. <laughs> Um, there's an interlude, and they do this in a lot of the, like, 60s musicals. I think there's one in, like... There's one in Camelot. Yeah, and I think there's one in, like, My Fair Lady, where... There's one in Mad Mad World. Yeah, because... And we're gonna go deep into this, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Ignore the plot. So, because it, when you were in the theater and you were watching, like, a three-hour movie, which they don't do anymore. Which they should. <laughs> which they should. But when you were watching, like, a musical that was, like, so long, they would have an interlude where it was, like, five or... 10 minutes of just musical score and you could go out and use the bathroom get more and concessions get popcorn. yeah right and this it was is like carried over from the stage tradition where right. there'd be times where we're like look we got to close the curtain and even if we're not having intermission right it's not full intermission but we got to right. close just the curtain change the set switch the actors costumes and we will play some lovely music for you while that's happening right. and usually like with the musicals like the music that they're playing is like part of the the score the score it's like a yeah and that can be totally effective so obviously yes. it works in these DVD movies with uh, giving you a little bit of a break or even on stage, you know, the ballet dancers come out while they're putting up the big set for like the opera piece or, right. you know, whatever. That's fine. But the idea of the interlude exists because mm -hmm. structurally you need to break something up. Either. Uh, you need to, but it's also structural, but it's also just like logistical, right? Right, it's exactly. Just like like, just, we need a second, like, the audience isn't going to sit through this, or there's some kind of giant set change that we can't just, like, do in two seconds. Yeah, so, like, so, like the, logistically, yeah. you need an interlude. Yeah, exactly. So, like, in the, in the stage version of Les Miserables, the reason that I Dreamed a Dream is sung at the time when it's sung is because all the women who are in the factory costumes need to change into the prostitute costumes for the next right. number. So even though it's not an interlude, it's functioning the same kind of way. So it's, we're, right. we're playing something between acts to keep the stage busy and distract the audience. But like, why would you need an interlude in a book? Well, the thing is, is that it's not, right? Like, it's, like, it's not an interlude. what an interlude should be. And like I and like I said, like I don't think it's impossible to have that structure in a book. No, it's not. But right? if because it, like a lot of stage narrative form, like it all sort of bleeds together and is like it's very possible to have something like an interlude in a written sure. Form. But it needs to not be hefty, right? An interlude is it needs, by definition. Right. It needs to be like not hefty. Five pages max. Light quick, <laughs> and it needs to. Like a palate cleanser for the mind as a reader. Right. And I think it either needs to be, well, I think it should have something to do with the narrative plot. Not necessarily directly, but it, like you said earlier, like should give some sort of insight or it should be pure entertainment. Like, right. So for me, like an acceptable interlude in a novel like this <laughs> <laughs> it would be if you if you had like five pages of like Leia's bodyguards doing some Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead shtick, 
you know? Oh my it's god, just yeah. Like, or like the guards in Macbeth. Yeah, like, just like the yeah. two the two guards who she doesn't talk to, but they're always around. Like she's out sure. of the room and they're doing something, and you just get like a few pages of like them, and it doesn't really connect to anything, but it's just kind of amusing, and everybody sort of gets to take a deep breath and yes. unwind. You're a hundred percent correct. That is what that should be yeah it's just like or like you know the guy who's running the garage where luke parks his spaceship oh we get God, like there's so much parking <laughs> a little bit about about like his get a little bit about his day as an interlude like but something like that yeah but the idea that you would, right. you would present a third plot line as an interlude as an interlude just because it doesn't connect to the rest of the story at all you're it's just a thinly veiled attempt to disguise the fact that you have a plot that does not tie into the rest right that should not be here right it's laziness and you know what should have happened from book one lando shouldn't have been in the book no no there's there is one novel in this whole out of a trilogy out of this trilogy there is one novel and that novel is the leia nilsbar stuff that's the only story that's a story. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's characters and development and action and, like, some stuff happens. And at the end, there's a really stupid deus ex, deus ex machina re- resolution, but it's still a resolution, right? And right. nothing happens to anybody else. Lando just goes on a weird trip. And at the end, is like, well, that was weird. And Luke just goes on a field trip with a stranger. And it turns out you shouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Because nothing, because guess what? Nothing's going to happen. No. Waited on a bunch of lines. That's what happened. Yeah. But, I mean, the Leia's actually had a story, but it was also, like, not well handled because it was stretched so thin. So aside from the interludes, which obviously we know nothing about. Oh, no. But, like, I didn't know anything about Lando's plot pretty much the whole time. No, it was a weird (laughs) situation. Um, Yeah. Leia's plot... Okay, so where this book starts is that Han has been captured and is right. being held hostage by Nilspar. And one of the council members of the Senate Security Committee or whatever it right. puts forward like a sort of motion that Leia should not get to be in charge of the galaxy while her husband is being held hostage because that could... Uh, negatively impact her judgment right that takes a very 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 long time like maybe two-thirds of the book to get through yes that yes where leia's just doing that right and she's like i decline to step down i think i can do a great job while my husband's being held hostage um and they just do a bunch of meetings and it's super dull and Leia just complains a lot. Leia just complains so yeah, much. Yeah, she complains a lot. Yeah. It's just not all three of these books. It's just nonstop. These three books, Leia is like the complainiest complainer. So eventually she goes to Mon Mothma's house and Mon Mothma's like, uh, this wizened old crone welcomes yeah. you. That's how she is depicted in all of these Everyone's books. obsessed with Mon Mothma being super old. Also, she's not, she's like maybe 10 years older than this. At the maybe. most. Like, I watched Return of the Jedi like two nights she's ago. She's beautiful. And was looking at Mon Mothma's ethereal visage and just like, I have no idea what's going on. They're depicting her. So the I think she's, 
passed away, but the woman, and I forget, Geraldine something, the woman who played Mon Mothma is on Poldark on PBS, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but in that, she plays, like, the really old, like, great aunt. Yes. In modern times, like, this show came out within the last, like, seven or eight years. And they are depicting <laughs> like, what is it, eight years post-Jedi? Yes. Like, not that long. <laughs> that age. Yes. It's been, like, 40 years. No. She's like, welcome, I am a dowager now. And yeah. Like, no, she is Rogue One. She's, she's super young. She's super young. She's like, you know, older than Luke. She's like a grown woman, like older than Luke and Leia. Leia is probably like. But like for sure in her 20s. Yeah, like mid to late 20s. Yeah. So like not even 10 years older than them. She's probably not 40. No. (laughs) They are just like this ancient hag. (laughs) Talk about age. Yeah, they're just like, you just go and die. Like, you have nothing left. (laughs) Out into the wild with you, like out on an ice floe, off a cliff, whatever. Why did nobody, like, (laughs) go back and watch Jedi when they were writing the expansion? I continue to believe that this author has never seen. Well, a this Star author Wars definitely movie. didn't. But he is not the only one no. to depict Mon Mothma as like a wizened old crone. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, he's not. He's not the first. <laughs> like they somehow got stuck in uh, these mostly the men's was. head. Was it the Corellian was like Leia is the only <laughs> Leia is the only female character in the Star Wars universe. She's the only one who's. Leia's sexual in any way, beautiful. Game. She's gorgeous, and everyone else is <laughs> just, just like, like might as well be a corpse, yeah. like <laughs> just like a hag. <laughs> like, I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole, which is ridiculous. Because when you look at Mon Mothma in Jedi, you're right; she's like this like angel. Yeah, she's, like, she's so like, regal she's and gorgeous. perfectly regal. Her diction is just like stunningly perfect. Yeah, she's like insanely. She's got this beautiful. like velvety voice of just, yeah, or like that short like pixie haircut. She's just it's, like yeah, great. She looks fabulous. She's so and yet I would rather die than think of her as anything but disgusting. (laughs) She's just the worst, most abject creature in Star Wars. (laughs) It's so sad. Because she's literally the only other female character. I know. And, like, she is just, like, sidelined, retired, and, like, everyone hates her. Like, Everyone thinks she's so annoying. Yeah. Like, in the Thrawn <laughs> anyway, books, they were all, like, hating on her for being too, like, politically ambitious. And right. in the, yeah. I think it was the Corellian trilogy where she hated Luke and talked about Yeah, how she well, like, and sunset. I agree with her. But the way it was depicted was that she was, like, this old woman who was, like, <laughs> like playing pranks on him because she... <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she talked about how she sees the sunset every day and like it reminds her of her impending death and that's definitely that's definitely the same Mon Mothma here yeah yeah it is the Mon Mothma who is even though she's not quite 40 <laughs> she's also like they're like every day it's like is she dead yet how yeah, is she not like, dead yet I'm ready to throw the party when she croaks because I cannot wait for this woman to die. I can barely look at her. She's disgusting. 
<laughs> not one appealing thing no. about her personality or how she <laughs> No, it's just like just the most like bold faced kind of like Hollywood logic of women of like you're twenty five <laughs> or you're dead. <laughs> like, dead, yeah. Right. Yeah. You're either the one in the bikini <laughs> outfit or you're just like might as well you're roll the e- over. You're the evil queen in disguise offering apples like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> It really is. Yeah, it's like Disney. Yeah. Old school so, Disney logic. <laughs> so Leia goes to see I'm sorry. Leia goes <laughs> long to see inter- <laughs> that See, that, that was, was an interlude. interlude. Yeah, yeah. That was an interlude. Leia Mic goes drop. to see the, the, the wizened hag of fate. And Mon Mothma basically just tells her, like, do something. Like, yeah. Make on. a choice and do something. Which Leia hasn't done anything since book one when she screwed everything up in the first place. Yeah, no, she's she's been paralyzed by So she goes in front of the Senate, like the full body or whatever, and is like, hey. My husband's been taking hostage. These dudes are dirty murderers. And we're going to war with them. Screw all you guys. I'm not even going to listen to your motion somehow. Whatever. I don't know how things work and it's all pretend. So, and then she's like, well, that's probably going to get Han killed. Um, oh, well. Meanwhile, Chewie has been on Kashyyyk. Uh, yeah. And he's really disappointed in his son that he's an absentee father for. Right. Uh, he's like, my son is a big old wussy mama's boy because he didn't have <laughs> a Vera Wookiee man showing him how things work. Right. He's a pansy because again, I feel like this trilogy hates women more than any other Star yeah, Wars books that we've read. It, it hates them, and it certainly does not want to give them the time of day. <laughs> no, like I don't think Star Wars books usually hate women. Like Star Wars books are often like clumsy in their handling of women, yes, and often fall into sort of troubling dynamics of assuming that you know a woman's either a mother or she's sexy, or that like Leia really wants everyone to buy her presents or whatever but like those are more ignorant books but like this book hates women yeah Um, the whole truly hates women and so chewie's like my son is a big pansy who can't come of age because he's been spending too much time with behind mama's apron strings and then he gets an email or something who knows um that han's been kidnapped and mm-hmm. so he's Oh yeah, Mala tells him that like there's been a message. Yeah, like Mala is his wife. Yeah. yeah. And so they're like he's like, Well Wookiees to the Falcon, we gotta go save Han. Yeah. And so they do. Yeah, and he brings his son. Yeah, and Lumpy does a good job. Yeah, Lumpy does Lumpy does great. <laughs> yeah, Lumpy does great. And yeah, it's and then Chewie presumably just like abandons him again. I don't know. Um, yeah. So Han gets rescued from the ship without yeah. he gets sneaked out. Meantime, Luke is still on his stupid little nonsense trip with this chick. It's a nonsense. They eventually find and they've been banging. Their- like they start banging it out. On yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. It is crazy. I feel like that's actually, like, the first time we've seen Luke in a sexual relationship. Like, this is yeah. the first well, time. This is the first yeah, time. Yeah, Callista. That was all pretend. 
Like, it was all pretend, but there, but it was like. Oh no, they did go on some vacations together. So like, they went on some vacation. It was a lot of like, hair smelling. Right, but he never actually like. It, there was never actually a scene with. Krista no, there was never a scene where, where it we, was like, like they like woke up in bed together. Yeah, because they had just been pounding it out and like. Right, right, right. This girl and that's Luke what's happening here. <laughs> are like in are are totally doing that. Um, and obviously, I know that eventually he will have another. But like with Callista, it was mostly just like smelling hair and imagining a computer girlfriend. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. So yes, it has not been this explicit. No. So they've been sleeping together, and then they go somewhere, and someone tells Luke, like, "Hey, did you know that there's like a war going on, and people are trying to throw your sister out of office, and your brother-in-law has been kidnapped, yeah. and you know you have completely abandoned all of your responsibilities? Streen, yeah. Streen's been sending him messages. Yeah, Streen's panicked. <laughs> Poor Streen. Like hello, <laughs> yeah, like, Master Skywalker. I know you left me in charge, but I'm emotionally distressed. Yeah, I'm a very broken person, and I yeah, this is a terrible decision. Why? Why didn't he leave Tion in charge? I because nobody, <laughs> despite Tion's like constant proving that she's like the most responsible Jedi Knight. Nobody wants to leave her in charge. <laughs> no, so give it to the poor man who has like nonstop been saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. I need help. Can someone please support me?" <laughs> and the way that they support him is like, "You are in charge of this planet. Yes, this death planet. <laughs> His whole thing." <laughs> His whole thing was that he wanted to be alone so that he wasn't constantly right. bombarded with the emotions and thoughts of other people. Of everyone else. And their solution was like, come to this planet and not only be right. among a lot of people, but be in charge of them. In charge of a lot. Of, right. Like, you are in charge of them. Your safe, Their safety is in your hands. <laughs> you decide what they do with their day. Like. Which is more than what Luke did. No. Because Luke didn't decide anything. He was just like, do what you want. No. At least I'm sure Stream like fed them. Yeah. And like probably like did a head count before bed, just to, like yeah. make sure they were all back in the temple. Like, he did he did his best. He but, did he but, did his but best. Stream, but he was like cracking under the weight of it the whole time. He would go to bed and just be crying. <laughs> like, Stream like wept every night before bed. Aww. I mean Poor Stream. Poor Stream. Like Stream just needs a break. I mean, Stream. He needs. Stream deserves to get to just, go be a hermit. The right. He's the one who should be the hermit. Also, just like the thought of him trying to call Luke, and Luke's just like <laughs> banging this mood. chick, yeah. wandering around, waiting on lines, wandering into <laughs> weird themed restaurants, doing nothing. Nothing. Doing nothing. Doing nothing so much that he's not even being a hermit. Doing no. nothing. No. He's just like literally. Like just wandering around the galaxy, no, he's parking like, cars. Bougie, like he's the bougiest <laughs> tourist with his little khakis and his fanny pack and his visor. Just like yeah, he's got those like those uh, what are those sandals? The those like sandals that men wear with socks. Birkenstocks. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like Birkenstocks, khaki shorts, pleats in the front. <laughs> a fanny pack. A fanny pack. A golf visor. Like. Yeah, like the most dad baseball cap you can get. Giant sunglasses. <laughs> With the string so he doesn't lose them. Yes. They're also those like progressives. Yeah. 
He's <laughs> got like a baseball or what is it? A golf tee. A golf, yeah. Tuck, tucked into the khakis. Yes. Giant belt. Giant woven, woven belt. <laughs> macrame belt. <laughs> Colorful macrame belt. Like he bought on a previous trip. Multiple watches. <laughs> Who knows why? Yeah. A bandana. Just like sticking out of the pocket. Under the bandana. Under the bandana in his shirt pocket. One bandana yeah. under the golf binder. He has a pager. No one knows why. <laughs> He's certainly not to answer stream. He's not answering any phone calls. <laughs> no. Does it work? Probably not. No. <laughs> He's just bebopping around Wait. doing nothing. Nothing. He's got a pager, and he's got one of those giant cell phones from like nineteen ninety. <laughs> like a Nokia. <laughs> yeah, like that, like flipped in the bottom, but yeah, not the top. Like not an actual yeah. flip phone, but like where the bottom part flips. Yeah, off. and it had like an antenna. Yes, he's got that. He's carrying around his <laughs> giant his belt. He's carrying around a giant briefcase with like a very oversized laptop, <laughs> and it's mostly just so he can play solitaire. Yeah. Like, when he's waiting places. So for some reason, Luke is dressed like a dad tourist from, like, in the early 90s. That stereotype is the level of, like, planning and competence that he is bringing to yes. every encounter. But, like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, why? What are you doing here? Who are you meeting? Like, what is your plan? What is anything? What are your choices? And yeah. eventually, okay, so they get to a place where he hears that what's been going on. And this girl starts melting down where she's like, I haven't had enough time to manipulate and change him. Um, yeah. He's going to go back to battle. And they find the ladies. They find, like, the ladies. They find, they've been looking for the ladies and they find the ladies. And the ladies are like, we're glad you're here, sweetie. And that man is not welcome. We, yeah, get out. <laughs> we do not accept khaki pleated shorts wearers. Which is also how we would greet Luke of the expected universe. <laughs> You're not welcome. No. Mon Mothma, come on in. Luke, get the hell out. You stay outside the gates forever. Like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> and so he asked this lady, like, is my mother among you? And she's like, no comment, right? Like, we don't yeah, give out information right. about members of the circle. You are not a member of the circle. So, like, if I hate you, if I admitted, I, if I said yes or no, that would give you information, and I'm not going to do that. And Luke is very sulky about this. Yeah. But he does convince this lady because these, we, in this book, we really get into the fact that, like, these, these ladies cast amazing illusions like yeah. completely immersive yeah like witches yeah, like they're like full illusions and can also like slide into a pocket dimension maybe like it yeah. seems like maybe they can it's one of those like the force can do anything or nothing like who knows yeah <laughs> it seems like sometimes if they if you if you're not looking right at them they can just sort of like wink out of vision yeah yeah. It's like the way she talked about it, it sounded a little bit like having like a pocket dimension or something where it's just like, oh right, yeah, I can just like step out and then I'm not here and I can leave stuff right, there. Step and back in, yeah. Step back in. It was not as relevant as one might hope, but um No, one would think that this <laughs> mattered at all. This might pay it off in enough. some way, but absolutely not. Nope. Nope. But Luke does meet back up with the um Alliance fleet and is like this I'm friends with this magic lady who hates me. And yeah. <laughs> uh, she might could cast some illusions to convince the bad guys to just surrender. 
Which is like a thing that has been used in other books, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the hut gambit. That was the hut gambit, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the hut gambit. Was the cast illusion using magic tricks? Wasn't there tricks. some illusion stuff in um, High Jedi too? Oh, I think so. At the end, yeah. There's they love to throw illusions into space. Yeah, a fake fleet really like really doesn't. Yeah. Form. It's like the the solution version of the like we have a new giant weapon yeah. is the like problem. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> giant weapon is the problem. The illusion is the solution. Is the is the solution? But then the illusion. I mean, I think there's a contribution, right? I think it's somehow a deterrent. But what actually yeah. ends up happening is that these former Imperials who have been enslaved and mistreated by this alien race for the last, like, 13 years just rise up and seize control of the fleet. And they're like, okay, we've got it, and we're out of here. And the Alliance guys are like, well, if you just, like, turn over the ships, we won't screw with you. You've been through enough. And they're like, no, no, like, we're we're done. We're out of here. And they capture Nilspar and just, like, eject him into hyperspace to Mm -hmm. starve. And... That's that. So, like, that's that. Yeah. There's no closure in Leia's arc with that no. at all. Like, she gets manipulated face to face by Nilspar. Nilspar kidnaps her husband, murders a guy in front of him to tra- traumatize him, beats her husband mercilessly on video for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and like broadcasts it to everywhere, traumatizes her kids with that nearly gets her kicked out of her job gets guys who are in the senate to like turn on her and spy on her and she goes through all this crap and like visits an ancient hag to get advice on how to handle it and then like some random guys who you've never even heard of until the chapter where they raise up and seize the means of production are the ones who like actually stop this yeah like that is some hardcore nonsense the whole book is why wasn't the trilogy about them I don't know. If they're the guys why. who are going to win, like, <coughs> make it about yeah. them. Them. Yeah. So at the end, Luke and Leia are like, I don't know. Yeah. Leia's like, I guess I'm <laughs> keeping this job. And Luke comes and home. And she's like, just hang out. Hang out. Luke comes to her house and is just like, hey, I realize that, like, I, you're actually my family and I don't have to go be bopping around looking for a lady yeah. I don't know. And if I want to be involved in a family, I can be involved in this family. And she's, like, so happy to yeah. hear that. I was, like, I rolled out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what are you even talking because about? Because also... Like, they bring that theme up in the first book where Luke is, like, a real mopey pants and just, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to raise your dumb kids. Right. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be a hermit. Yeah. And Leia's, like, really, understandably, very ticked off. And then that doesn't get brought up again, like, at all. No. Until the last page of the book. And he's basically like, you were right. But the other thing is, and I think that might be just an expanded universe problem, is, again, because everybody is static in the long term, to have, like, the appearance of character development, you have to introduce a new trait, treat it as though it's a longstanding trait, and then resolve it at the end of your trilogy. So this idea that Luke is totally obsessed with finding out about his biological mother and is, like, more interested in this sort of history of family than living with his current family and is sort of, like, checked out from the day-to-day of Leia's life, like, that's all brand new information 
Right. At the beginning and, of the first book of this trilogy, right? So in the Jedi Academy trilogy, he seems to be really involved with the kids. In the Corellian trilogy, he seems to be really involved right. with the kids. He seems like he's always involved with them. And then yeah. even in, uh, what was it? The Crystal Star. It seems like even yeah. though we don't get scenes with them, the way that they talk about him and stuff is like he's really a part of their lives. Right, he's part of life. I mean, what really needed to happen and was never going to because this author clearly didn't, he read like two other books and it's like, okay, got it. Yeah. But what should have happened is that like in the, because it's a trilogy, we got so much time and we're wasting a ton of it on stuff that does not matter. Yeah. What should have happened with Luke's plot is that like we see him being a great uncle or whatever and then something happens, right? Where he gets, like, spooked or, you know, maybe one of the kids does something, like, really weird and he's like, I, you know, I, something happens where he, he starts thinking about his sort of, like, family, his family, like, where does he come from? I want to find out more. Like, this day-to-day is, like, scary without sort of knowing, like, about my past. Right. And then decides to, like, go off and do something but like the way it starts it literally starts with him being like decided to become a hermit yeah like i've that's done it. enough i've done enough for the galaxy i've done everything i could possibly do <laughs> little does he know there's a java themed brothel <laughs> somewhere so yeah. you haven't done everything no but like he <laughs> he like it just jumps right like off the bat him being like i'm over it and you're like over what like we don't know what you're over like you're in your 30s you don't seem to do anything ever like right like what are what are you talking about like you're ready to enter your hermit stage like that's just a thing also that's that's not a thing you can't just decide that's a thing obi-wan wasn't like when he was, you know, a Padawan under Qui-Gon being like, and in 30 years, I'm going to hit my hermit stage. <laughs> like, that was not a thing. Not it a happened thing. out of necessity. Just because <laughs> you knew a couple of lonely guys, like, doesn't mean that becoming a hermit is a thing in Jedi life. hermits because, well, first of all, Obi-Wan was a hermit because he had to protect your stupid butt. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was not a choice. No. Like, he's like, I, I guess I got to make sure this kid doesn't die. Yeah. And, like, Yoda... Like, you know, he was being like they were in, they hunted. were in hiding. They were both yeah, like, in hiding. Hiding. That's different. In hiding. Being a and then it's Luke not like goes <laughs> to Coruscant, the busiest planet in the galaxy. Like to I'm gonna hide here. To hide. I think I'm going right back to book one. <laughs> I gotta go hide. I gotta hide in the clouds of Coruscant. This is the perfect place. I was like, if you're gonna be a hermit. Why don't you go be a hermit on Yavin 4? Yeah. Or go so back to Dagobah. Maybe someone's built a really fun, like, you know, strip club on Dagobah since about you left. Stupid Tatooine? Go be a hermit on Tatooine. Yeah. Like, go live Nobody in wants Obi- you around go if this Obi- is your Obi- attitude. House. <laughs> <laughs> we, as we established in another episode, Obi-Wan has cable. Like, yeah, just, like, just go. And for some reason, the bill's still being paid. <laughs> it's because he was stealing cable from a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> he was stealing cable from Uncle Owen. Was, I think he was stealing cable from like the sand people. <laughs> the sand people love cable. Daytime. They love like daytime television. They love. It's they love like 
It's too hot in the middle of the day to be roaming the desert. You have to. Stay they love in. HGTV. They love like a home renovation. Oh my god, they a love, tiny house. They love a tiny house. They love flipper flop, flipper flop. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, they just are nonstop. HGTV, TLC, like yes. reality. Yes. Show. Also, like medical reality shows. Medical, like yeah, the like, craziest things ever in the ER. I didn't know. Yeah, I, was I didn't pregnant. know I was pregnant. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> Same people love. I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, they just like eat it up, and so yeah, Obi Wan yeah. is stealing cable, and it's still it's still set through, up. So. It's still set up. Yes. Just go. You can visit the, uses, you can visit the Owen and Baru Museum when you feel like it. There's probably Yeah, because he seems to think about that a lot. There's like, probably a Java museum. Oh, that was something that made me angry, along with just all the boring parts <laughs> of this book. Is that so after Luke wakes up in bed with Akana, her me- her body melded against his skin touching yeah. skin and coaxing slumbering <laughs> senses Mel- to awaken. <laughs> like, like that's all painful. I know that's like a, a Cronenberg issue. Cronenbergian, um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, their pillow talk is her being like, "Could you tell me all the most traumatic things about your mm-hmm. youth?" And he's like, "I don't really feel like it." Um, <laughs> and she's like, "No, seriously." Um, like, did anyone love you, or you know, whatever, <laughs> and or whatever. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, okay, so then she starts. She he says, um, "My uncle and aunt said almost nothing about my father, and even less about my mother." And she says, "Maybe that was to protect you." And Luke says, "Maybe, but I always felt that my uncle disapproved of them and resented getting stuck with the obligation of raising me. Not my aunt. I think she always wanted children. I don't know why they didn't have any of their own. It sounds like she only got none of your business. <laughs> what the heck, Luke? <laughs> and then this girl, who's heard two sentences and never met yeah. these amazing people, right? <laughs> says it sounded like it sounds like she only got her way when it was what he wanted too." Um, which is like so nasty. And he yeah. says, First of all, <laughs> go ahead, finish. Yeah. Sorry, right, let's finish I'll this. In a second. No, <laughs> so he says, I guess that's m- more true than not, but she never complained where I could hear it or let you know they had a fight that she'd lost. Owen was a hard man, hardworking, hard to talk to, hard to know, hard to move. When I put. Uh- when I picture him, he always looks annoyed. She took my side sometimes, but mostly I think she tried to keep us from colliding head on. What, and the lady asks, was she happy? And Luke says, I used to think so, but I think she deserved better than the way she did and the, than the way she lived and the way she died. Um, okay. Okay. I just First threw the book down because I was so angry. First of all, Amberu and Uncle Owen had a great marriage they loved each other so much so much second like i don't know if there's like an expanded universe uncle owen story yeah but what we get from a new hope which is the only thing this guy watched yeah who wrote this book if that is uncle owen on one day yeah one day where luke is being a huge pain a pain in the butt like beyond. Also, Luke, you were eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen, eighteen when this happened. Like 
of course you are butting heads with your like paternal. father figure, yeah, whatever. Right, like like duh. Also, you kept like whining about going to Tasha <laughs> Station, where like he already told you no. Yeah. And, like, that place is just, like, nothing useful. And he just bought droids. Like, you knew he was buying droids. He didn't think he had to explain to you that you had some chores to do with the droids. Like, you do it every time. Also, this man is dead. Yeah. Because of you. Yes. This man who raised you from infancy. Who sacrificed so much to make sure that you were safe. Died for died. you. Like, yeah. and presumably died, like, refusing to give you up. Give, right. Like, presumably Baru and Owen were asked where you were, and they, and they did not say. say anything. And that is why they died for you. So you are an ungrateful. <laughs> Just monster. Monster. And also, was Owen a little bit gruff? Yes. Sure. Sure. But he had I a like heart was, of he gold. And he was, like, always trying to protect Luke and just, like, help Luke grow to be a useful man. And you know what? Your father's Darth Vader. Yeah. So, like, why is he going to say a kind word about your stupid dad? (laughs) What is is he supposed to say? What do you want him to say? Yeah. The best he can say is nothing. Nothing. Like, the best he could say was, like, he was a mop-top kid. Like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you- nothing good. Okay, especially if we go, if we invoke the prequels into this, like, <laughs> your father was someone who I met, <laughs> I met once for a day all when just he murdered, back to he came in with a dressed-up lady, and he murdered yeah. 50 to 80 sand people, brought back a dead lady's corpse, and then he and the fancy lady left. left. And then three years later, a stranger who moved into the house down the street showed up and dropped you off. And, like, well, that yeah. is what I know about your father. Yeah, right. Like, that's all I got. What am I supposed to tell you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think maybe your mom was the fancy lady, but I don't know. No? Like, yeah, like, who knows? So, oh. like, I was And angry. even if you don't want to invoke, like, even if you want to believe that Uncle Owen and Emperor were, like, his actual aunt, uncle, or whatever, like, these people were, like, so kind. So kind, I mean... Also, and- don't be like, they couldn't have kids, so I guess I was, like, the best option. Like... That's not... Like, you, they didn't sit you down and tell you that. You don't no. know. You don't know. Maybe they didn't feel like they needed any other kids because you were their child. Right. Also, let's remember that that movie... Also, maybe they were childless by choice. Yeah. That movie came out in the late 70s. And, like, the fact that Owen wasn't just, like, slapping Luke up and down the desert right. <laughs> shows what a soft touch yeah, he also, was. Yeah, also, like... So that scene, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> Even though I've seen A New Hope like a thousand times. Yeah. Um, the scene where they're like at dinner and they're having the blue milk or whatever. And then like Luke leaves in a huff and he's like, his shirt's like way oversized. And he just like <laughs> walks down. Yes. It's like falling off him. Um, so then you have a scene with just Emperor Uncle Owen. And like Uncle Owen's like, you know, that kid, whatever. And Emperor like smiles and is just like, oh, that's just like, you know who he is like that's you know yeah. the little we know about his father like it seems like that's and like she says it so sweetly not to uncle Owen like you're too hard on the boy or like 
you know? No. And Uncle it's Owen, like a- and there's such tenderness between them in that yes. scene when she's like, you know, Luke's just not a farmer. And the first thing Owen says to him is like, I'll make it up to him. I promise. Yeah. Like, like, I will do right by him. Like, he can go to Tashi Station next weekend or whatever. <laughs> like, jeez. And it's been a long day. They were, you know, working in the desert. The Jawas, they were walking back and forth. They bought these two new droids. Like, leave Uncle Owen alone. And all <laughs> Uncle Owen said, the reason Luke's all huffy, in addition to, like, please don't join the Imperial Academy this Academy. season. Like, what are your yeah. dreams worth, even Luke? Owen's just trying to yeah. keep you out from being a stupid stormtrooper. Um, that was your big ambition. Um, right. But in addition to that, like, he's just saying, no, don't go knock on our neighbor's door and ask if these droids we bought belonged to him 50 years ago. Like, please just yeah. do what I asked you to don't do. Don't do that. Please don't go bother the neighbors. It's an insane question. Please. I mean, it's not. It's not. But, like. <laughs> it, it seems like it would be. And so yeah. please just do what I said and take those droids into town and get their memories wiped so we can use them to work and not die in the desert. Like, could you do if that, Uncle please? Owen had discovered that <laughs> Anakin Skywalker had built C-3PO, yeah. his mind would explode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. <laughs> but also in the in the original trilogy, it's like, I think you're meant to believe they're Wedge Antilles. Well, they say, like, our last... So this is a confusing thing. This is clarified <laughs> in Princess Leia's diary. Oh, yeah, the diary, yeah. Is that it's not Wedge Antilles. It's a different Antilles. So, Antilles. like, the guy that Darth Vader is choking, who he's like, this is a counselor ship or a diplomatic yeah. mission, and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy is also named it, last name Antilles. Oh, he's like a cousin. He's, like, he's the Captain Antilles when 3PO is like, Cap- our, our, our last master was Captain Antilles. Um, which is like a weird layer of complication that I think. Yeah, like why can't it just be Wedge? Yeah. Oh, poor Wedge. That's a dumb name. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's yeah, anything leave else. Uncle Owen alone. Yeah, no, Uncle Owen. Also, like, it's just like. Uncle Owen it's, was it's a saint. infuriating. And, and we're making a lot of jokes. Yeah. But it's infuriating from a narrative perspective because it's like you're literally looking at, like, one scene from a movie, basic surface level, not doing any other, like, no emotional or, right, any kind of work to figure out, like, okay, these characters. Right. There's no, you know, like, reading against there's the no brain. history. Right. right. Or, like, you know, this was a bad day. You know, this was a bad day to sort of, like, build up tension in the story, right? Like, you're just doing none of that. And you're just... It makes Luke, who's, like, in his mid-30s in this book, sound like like an 11-year-old boy who's like, my dad, like, just doesn't understand. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, like, how did you not mature and look back on that and see complications? Yeah. And it just... It also makes Luke seem like an asshole. Like, that, that he's spent these last however many years since they died being like well Aunt Peru was just like barely being, hanging in like, there barely yeah and she was just being pushed around by this like loser and like that's just not the no. impression that I think we're supposed to get no because if Uncle it was that it wouldn't be sad when they died 
Right. And it's sad that they died. It's sad that they died. And and there's a museum. Right? Yeah. Like, we're sad. Yeah. They gave up so much. Like, they were the first. At, there were Theirs was like the first sacrifice that led to the, the end of the empire. Right. Right. And they loved it. Like, I don't think we're yeah. ever supposed to doubt that like, they loved it. No. So it's just really outrageous that they're treated that way. And that they loved each other. Yeah. they Those those actors brought a lot of, like, sweetness to their scene that's just the two yeah. of them. So Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Black Fleet Cries is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I was looking for the, the passage where they talk about how old Mon Mothma is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Leia was taken aback by Mon Mothma's appearance. Her short hair was now startlingly silver, and fine lines around her eyes were visible from across the room. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is not just, like, horrible to Mon Mothma, but just, like, it's women. And horrible to women. To older women, younger women. Yeah, like, like, if I can see her wrinkles from across the room, you might up. as well... Hang yeah, up, it's done. I've earned every line in white hair, Leia, just as you are now starting to earn some of your own. It's true. I refuse to paint my face and pretend to youth and experience. Do you think that vain of me? Yes. <laughs> just... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. So Leia comes in. Yeah. Von Mothma, who's like, okay, let's say she's 10 years older than Leia. She's yes. in her like early 40s. And I think that's pushing it. I think that is pushing it. I'd be surprised. I would say under In 10 her years, early but... 40s. Yeah. Comes in and she's like, look, it's um, it's over for me. <laughs> I could put on some makeup, but what what good would it do? No. <laughs> well, Leia comes in and does a visible double take that Mon Mothma <laughs> notices and correctly interprets as being about and her like, age. I know I look like Bo- death itself. <laughs> Bodies change, sweetie. Bodies yeah. change. Instantaneously. Yeah. Give it a year, you'll be me. <laughs> think there's like weird stuff going on with leia and age because there's like two different like older male government officials whose relationship with leia is compared to like parent and child like there's one guy yeah. who like refers to like exclusively as like my child like he's oh dear child oh my child yeah. and then someone What's else interesting too is that it's not just like the author describing mon mothma as old it's like he makes the character also say it. Yes. It's not just that Mon Mothma Like, it's looks not just old. that, like, Mon Mothma looks old, and then we see her, and she's, like, full of life and vibrant and, like, yeah. whatever. It's, like, she's really old, and then also, like, she has to tell you. Like, the number one thing on really her mind old. is how old she looks. She's like, yeah. well, I she's know. She's only got a sunset or two left, so. <laughs> Can't afford to miss these sunsets. <laughs> I also love, like... In these books, it's not just this trilogy; it's in other books too. They just like go to people's houses. Yeah, just like 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 that's like not really a Star Wars thing. Also, it's not like a Coruscant <laughs> thing. Like people on Coruscant, like this is how much research he does not, how much research he did yeah. not do about Star Wars. But in this book, people on Coruscant are just like in the suburbs. Like they have houses and yards. They have houses, and Admiral Ackbar has keys to everyone's house. Yeah. Like, I think he's the one they go to if they're it like, right, we're let, going out of town." It just lets us in like Kramer <laughs> well yeah he's, got, he, he's just like we're going out of town like would you mind watching 
the plants and just like checking, bringing in the mail yeah, or and whatever. He's just like, and he's like, got I got it. Everything. And then he's got the key, and they're like, oh, like, can we have that spare key back? Like, we need it for something. And he's like, no. Yeah. You, you can't have the spare key back. Yeah. I'm going to need it. it. It just makes sense for me to have it. Yeah. Like, I'm, it might be the middle of the night one time, and I might need to scare you out of <laughs> your sleep. sleep. So, so like, I'll just keep it. You have the key. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's much else. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lumpy gets rebranded as Waru. They're like, his name now, yeah. his warrior name, his name now is Waru. Waru. Yeah. Which is like, it's not his name. His name is Lumpy. It's not his name. His name is Lumpy. I know his name is Lumpawaru, but like, he doesn't get to be rebranded as Waru now. Like, yeah, he's going to be Lumpy. His name is Lumpy. I don't know. Do you want to briefly talk about the uh, the stuff, like the previews and stuff for new Star Wars things? Oh, so, so the D23. D23. Yeah, yeah, so last weekend was D23, which is like the Disney. The Disney convention? Disney Fest. It's like where Disney um, like announces all their like upcoming projects and they yeah, have a lot I of think, like. I don't yeah. know what the history of it is. I think it's been a thing for a long time, but it's just in like the last few years that it's been like. It's turned into like a, a media, like a media event. Yeah. Um, and they made like a bunch. So they showed the Mandalorian mm-hmm. trailer. Yes, they did. Um, and they also made announcements about the hotel slash like experience that they're gonna have uh, with Galaxy's Edge. Gal- so Galaxy's Edge is now open both i think in, in disneyland it opened a couple yes. months ago which i think we talked about and it's like now open in florida as well yeah in florida as well um so it's open but they've been in talks to do this like hotel experience which i think we talked about when we did our like anniversary i think so yeah episode but but they announced that it's actually happen- happening and it's basically like you you it's a i think a three-day two-night hotel experience, experience where you board like the cruise ship from the hansel trilogy yes how i imagine it yes. it's like a star cruiser yes and you board the star cruiser um and it's just like a completely immersive right like exp- and i guess you also probably go to like galaxy's edge and like do yeah going to going to black spire out per outpost at galaxy's edge is like part of the experience part of the experience and like yeah. the stuff that you've done at the hotel will feed into your experience at galaxy's edge right. like right. Um, what you've learned and there's gonna and any skills you have be like a restaurant there yeah and lightsaber training and all kinds yeah. of stuff but it's like an immersive like three-day hotel super expensive larping experience yeah it sounds crazy. Yeah. And then they also showed new footage. Not really a trailer, but like No, it was just like oh yeah from okay. the final from the final Rise of Skywalker. Movie The Rise of uh, Skywalker. In which you get like Ray with a cool lightsaber. Yeah. The and uh some Papa Palps audio. Papa Palpatine. And uh, some fighting on in the in the rain. Yeah, which is like a classic. Yeah, a desert city. Star Wars. Classic Star Wars. Yeah, a lot of classic kind of Star Wars. Some some Carrie Fisher smiling, me immediately oh, bursting yeah. into tears. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was emotional. Well, it was like really emotional because they start the not trailer, whatever it is, off yeah. with like scenes from like 
all the movies before. Yeah. To the point that I was um, like, is this just going to be a clip show to sad music? Because, like, that's fine. I'll, like, right, like I'll go board. with that. <laughs> and I could also watch this on YouTube. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't need Disney to release. <laughs> no, like, I could. That's been handled. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, like, a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, so how do you feel about the stuff? How do you feel? What, okay, we'll do one at a time. What do you think about okay. The Mandalorian? I don't know. I keep going back and forth. Um, the presence of Taika Waititi in the sort of promotion yeah. of it this weekend made me more excited than when we saw stuff about it last year, I guess. Was. Taika Waititi. Oh, no, it's Star Wars Celebration. We yeah, saw, we Taika saw Waititi is literally the only thing about The Mandalorian. Also, Werner Herzog. Taika Waititi and yeah. Werner Herzog. <laughs> I've seen a lot of articles that are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I, I understand, but if, like, Werner Herzog did a um, a cameo on, like, Rick and Morty, like... He was in Parks and Rec for an episode. Yeah, this is not out of the ordinary. No, Werner Herzog. Herzog loves to do this kind of thing. Um, also, I love Paul F. Tompkins does an impression of Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Um, but, like... But, yeah, it's just, like, not... It's, if, if you know, like, sort of... If you know of his like weird cameos, this is not like, no. It doesn't feel that weird. Of that he but like Werner Herzog and Taika Waititi are the only things that only make things. me think yeah. I would even be interested. Because like if you if I just watched the trailer, which I did, uh, and yeah. like what does this trailer promise? Right? What does this trailer say that it's offering me? Right. To me, what this trailer says is like we took all the things you don't like in Star Wars movies and just no, have those. We have a show that's yeah. just the things you don't enjoy from Star Wars movies. Yeah. And so to that, I pretty much say no thank you. Um, except yeah. my Watiti loyalty um, is yeah, the only. That, that really, like, just seeing him promote it made me go, I think maybe I should I give sh- this a I, I always want Taika Watiti to do well. And obviously he's doing great. I know it's not he's up to me. He's but I'm un- just like yeah. always incredibly on board for Taika Waititi. Yeah, I highly recommend for those who have not to watch every Taika everything. Waititi movie because they are just everything incredible. he's collaborated on, everything he's been a part of. Just he like is, he is, he's so fantastic. fabulous, and also follow him on Instagram. Follow on Instagram, great. We're his agents. Just like. Be a part of the Taika Waititi scene. That's yeah. important. Um, but otherwise, um, The Mandalorian, I find, like, pretty off-putting. It's not, like, the most off-putting trailer I've seen, but I just was, like, yeah, it just Yeah, I'm not really sure, like, what it... And I guess, like, me. there are points of resonance with how Rogue One was advertised, and I did enjoy yeah, Rogue, I One like Rogue One when I saw it. But yeah. even this is being shown as, like, much grimmer than even Rogue yeah. One was shown, so I'm not into that. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I'm. I, I could. I could see more McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the best part. Oh, of the prequel. He is by a mile. He is killing it in the prequels. And that might be like a trick of the like they're so terrible that he just looks <laughs> great. In but I think he's legitimately very just charming and he brings yeah. a lot of sort of humanity to this character that Alec yeah, Guinness, like, like imbued yeah. with a lot of 
prestige, but not a lot of like cuddles. Like Ewan McGregor There's really sort of, made Obi Wan lovable in a way that he yeah, was not. And there's, like a humor to it and a joy. There's like, a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, and like sometimes that's annoying. But I think in in with certain actors, there's a like you can see them on screen just like having the most fun. Yeah, and it's contagious. And I think like his performance as Obi Wan is that where it's like you could just tell that he's having. That's kind of how I feel about Oscar Isaac as Poe, honestly. Yeah, like so me too. That like you can tell that he's just like thrilled to be there. Yeah, it's just got like a twinkle in his eye and a pep in his not, step. It doesn't take me out of the like no it, it's not like distracting but but there's just like a you know you can just like sense how much fun yeah for sure he's having i being really in a Star Wars movie and I, I get that sense with a with a you know gregor too given that it's not unheard of in television shows i would really appreciate a musical episode of the obi-wan kenobi series ewan mcgregor has the voice what of if an it was angel just, what if it was just like uh, an entire musical television show, which we all know works great every time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, it's been tried. Like a Star Wars, my crazy ex girlfriend, or a Star Wars boy <laughs> kind of situation. There are there are some some uh, instances where it works, but I feel like the history of like a but, musical well, there television are show more where it doesn't it doesn't work. There's that British one that they tried to do a remake of. What's that one called? It has, like, a really famous pilot episode that, like, I think you can find on YouTube. I don't know. If I think of it, I will post it. But, okay. yeah. Yeah, I don't um, know. There's a, there's a, yeah, a long history of <laughs> really failed musical television series. I'm still on board for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series being musical. Musical. I would love it. more musicals. Like, I know that he can, he I know he's got musical. the pipes. Yeah. I love Moulin Rouge so much. I, I haven't watched that. I've, like, been thinking i need to i haven't rewatched it in a really long time you need to come visit we can watch mulan Rouge, yeah, we'll i haven't watched it since i was like 25 but i love yeah, it yeah i probably haven't watched it since yeah college maybe probably college actually but i went through a really intense mulan rouge phase in college my sis well my sister was really into it when she was in high school but she i mean and i i liked it too but she was like obsessed with mulan rouge yeah um, it's great yeah it's, it's really good let's have a little more of that kind of stuff or yeah, just find a way to recreate these songs and events of moulin rouge but with yeah. obi-wan kenobi like whatever i don't care i don't care yeah. it's fine I, yeah i think i think i i like the idea of an obi-wan i just TV like show ewan mcgregor wants to do it and like i don't hold it against him so like sure like no do that, yeah let's do that see. for ewan mcgregor um yeah. If for no one else. <laughs> yeah. I guess like, I still am just like not in a place where I'm ready to think of Star Wars as like a TV property. It's like yeah, I just don't take I those think, projects like to heart as Star Wars. Yeah, and I think that's part of the sort of hesitation with the Mandalorian. Although it depends on how they treat it. Like if it's treated as sort of like a mini series kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm work. a little more open, where it's like a kind of closed ended. Yeah something um but yeah i like i'm i with both the mandalorian and the obi-wan show i think for me like the concern is like what's the tone yeah of this gonna be and not that like star wars has to be like a specific because obviously like when we read these expanded universe books like we love the stuff that is right. not necessarily like totally aligned with the original trilogy but um but just in general like how yeah like what are you going for 
Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not sure what the Mandalorian is trying to do. No, it looks too grim for me. But if the Obi-Wan show had kind of like a, like a adventure, but like a layer of wackiness, like an Well, we already wrote it. Yeah, that's true. Dex and (laughs) Obi-Wan. Yeah, the Dex's diner series is what we actually. Yeah, where like, Obi-Wan goes on like some sort of caper and then comes back to Dex's and is like. This is what happened, and yeah. the Viper counts the tail. Yeah, yeah. That's, like Dex yeah. is the frame story. It can be like sort of like a Cheers plus A team. Yeah, kind of. Like I wanted, I wanted to, have, to be kind of funny, but like you know, I I would love like a uh, like if Obi Wan was some sort of like detective. And yeah, and like some playing with like unreliable narration, and you know. Yeah, yeah, and like moving between like you know multiple points in time, and yeah, for yeah. sure. And just call us up we'll write it yeah we, we're ready <laughs> and um oh and like the new footage any thoughts there i mean it's sort of what i expect like i yeah. like i was going into it being like bracing myself for you know being shocked but like i i was sort of like it was all good like it, yeah. it looked good i just was like oh yeah like I just remember, like, that thing where Adam Driver was like, they shouldn't even make previews for Star Wars movies. Like, people are going to come anyway, so, like, just don't show anything. I was like, I get that. I like that idea. I like that idea. Don't show. Or, like, let's just do one, like, to me, like, and I think, like, D23 this weekend made me realize that, like, it's, like, an information overload for me at a certain point. And, like, I, like, sort of... Like, I just need one trailer. Like, yeah. just give me one trailer. <laughs> that's the trailer. Yeah. And then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I want as well. Like, I don't, like, the bits and pieces of, like, when I was younger, I was much more, like, online, like, trying to figure out, like, you know. Yeah. Like, behind the scenes photo and, like, whatever. Um, and as a girl, I'm like, I don't really want to know anything. Yeah, no. Until I get into the theater. I'm the same. Like, I don't even need to hear anything about it. But um, I'm going to go see it. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Um, Predictions for, I mean, the big question is, like, Kylo Ren, redeemed, villain, lives, dies, predictions. I don't don't know that I have a prediction. I'm not much for predictions, honestly. Like, I want it to surprise me. Yeah, I just thought... I think I would be the most surprised if he wasn't in some way redeemed. Like, it would be very not Star Wars for him to just, like, stay evil the whole time. Although, they really doubled down on that in um, The Last Jedi. Last Jedi, yeah. But... I feel like it'd be pretty Star Warsy for him to have some redemption, but also, in, redemption. but also Star Warsy for him to die at the moment of redemption, so you don't have to deal with right. all the awkwardness of like, right, right. what do we do when you Duran when you go when you pull a Kip Duran? Yeah, this say, thing. How do we Kip Duran this situation? How do we how do we Duran this? Um, yeah. um just like pull, yeah, just yeah. like put it all on Hux. Just be like Hux did it yeah. all. I never, I, I, I never actually did any of it. Like it was all yeah. Hux. <laughs> Just throw Hux right under the bus. <laughs> no, just like use the force to time travel back to before he like turned bad and like prevent him from making that decision. Right, or, right. Know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I'm I'm there for it. Like whatever they oh, yeah, feel like. Sure. It. Like let's just yeah. go, we'll just go see the movie. Right. I want it to be a good time. Yeah. Like, I want to have have a good time with it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, what are we going to read next? Okay, so we talked about, I think we talked, um, I said on air, like, yeah. <laughs> I think we talked in the podcast 
um, about doing the New Rebellion book. We did. Um, but we also talked, I think, not on the podcast. Yes. In our personal lives <laughs> as friends. Yes. Um, about going back and finishing the Young Jedi Knights books. I think for a couple reasons. One, I don't think we realized how good we had it. Yeah. They were <laughs> so we're sorry. short and straight. And that they were so short, which I know sounds like a petty reason, but dear God, like a hundred page book with giant type. <laughs> yes. Sounds real good about right. And now. like let's be real, they had as much story in those books as oh, there yeah, is they in the long books. Like there's just yeah. not like pages and pages of nonsense. And I understood what was happening. <laughs> I know. So the next one is called Trouble. Nope. It's called Return to Ord Mantell. Okay. Hansel's past is about to catch up with him. When he and the twins take the Millennium Falcon to Ord Mantell for a high-speed race, they meet a battle-hungry young woman wielding a lightsaber. Her name is Anja? Anja? Oh, Gal- is- Galandro? And she knows more about Han's history than he likes. But Andra Galandra, why are we doing her again? <laughs> guards, <laughs> mouthful. Guards an even more devastating secret, a secret that could mean disaster for the entire Solo family. Da, oh, da, da. Okay, yes, sure, let's do it. I remember these, the last three, which I think they're sort of like a loose trilogy. Yeah, I think um, they are. And they stand out to me because the book covers are like shiny. Yeah, the thing is, like, I think I read these first but reread okay. them the least so like i don't yeah. really remember anything about them um, i'm pretty sure i, I only read these ones yeah too. so i don't but remember, i did read them i don't remember anything about them but i definitely read them i i just have to say like young jedi knights never changed the next mm-hmm. book starts with jason and jana believe they're simply off to enjoy a vacation at yeah, Lynn, atlantic cloud city because so, like the constant the <laughs> Skywalker solos are just on constant vacation. Yes. So it's like, I'm taking the kids to bet on the ponies with me, and then next week they can yeah. go to Cloud City with you. And like, yeah. What are they going to learn? Does it matter? Is Luke doing anything? No. no. Who cares? No. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going back to our roots. Yeah. So finally, it's been a long, long time, and we're it's ready. Been, yeah, over a year. We're ready to finish off these last three books in yeah. the, uh, the Young Jedi Knights, and then. Yeah, and then who knows? New, yeah, new, I mean, yeah. I think New yeah. Rebellion, and then there's also that we didn't we talk about like Ghosts of Tatooine or something. Ghosts of like Tatooine. That I mean, there's a bunch of um. There's so many choices. There's so many choices. There's a whole bunch of ones from like the sort of earlier years. I think we're gonna try. I think our plan is to try to kind of finish those off before we start New Jedi uh, Order. New Jedi Order. New Jedi Order they, seems like a real. I'm real daunted. I'm daunted by the idea yeah. of New Jedi Order. Um, and I'm not really sure because I think I only read maybe like the first two or three of New Jedi Order. Like I don't really know how like how tied together they are. I mean, I I assume that it's in an order, but like yeah, there's like nine, nineteen of them, so they're not like a trilogy. Like no, I'm not, I, but I think they build on each other pretty tightly, and I feel like they also bring everything back from all these books that we're oh reading yeah, now, and, like and which I think is why which is why yeah. we have to like keep. Keep banging yeah, these guys out. Keep, keep doing that. So, but yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much. 